You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, myself, Colin Kelly, bringing this show. The show is always in association with OvertimeIreland.com. And this show in particular in association with OTI Fantasy Fives. Uh, OTI Fantasy Fives, we've been doing it each and every week uh, since the start of the season. Pick five players at the start of the season. It was from one game, then we moved it into three games. Now it's pick five players from the entire slate of the Sunday games. And pick those five players, see the points roll in, and whoever has the most points at the end of the day wins the grand prize. And each and every week, uh, well, for three weeks in a row, we had Cahill McCabe. He went on a, a kind of dynasty run, won three weeks in a row. Last week, Danny David came up with the, the spoils just not early, but now Cahill McCabe again. So he's been on quite a roll. But anyone that wants to get involved, the best way to find out more is to go to OvertimeIreland.com. There's a link there for OTI Fantasy Fives. It lets you know all the ways to get involved. You can play for free, of course. You can play for £3. And every uh, £3 this entry goes into the total prize pool. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins the entire prize. So uh, all, all, all good fun. And uh, hopefully, if you get involved, you're going to have a chance to win this week. Of course, I'll be involved. DJ will be involved. And uh, we'll have our own Overtime Ireland team in as well. So we'll be seeing uh, how things go. Hopefully, I'll get close to winning the prize pool this week. Um, I haven't got close as of yet. But I've been picking up uh, closer and closer each and every week. So we'll see how things go this week. That's OTI Fantasy Fives. Do get involved for Week 7. Of course, at the start of the show, I always like to thank people for tuning in, thank people for downloading, so thank you for downloading, thank you for tuning in, hopefully you're enjoying the recent shows, um, I had promised more guests coming up on the shows over the next few weeks, there will be more guests coming up unfortunately, with uh, some things that happened behind the scenes, we had to reschedule a guest that was meant to come on today, and uh, we'll have him coming on in the next couple of weeks, but unfortunately, just me today, giving my thoughts on all the Week 7 games, Week 7 does look fascinating, so I'm looking forward to breaking some of that down in the next few moments, the next... 20 to 30 moments actually so hopefully you're going to enjoy that we're available on itunes that you're tuning in all the regular ways we're on twitter at overtime ireland please do give us a follow there give us a comment and a rating on itunes that you're tuning in and with the plugs done dusted and out of the way let's get into the week seven preview want to know who's going to win every nfl game this weekend it's time for the oti weekend preview well i guess with uh, week seven preview i guess we'll start off with the first game of week seven that was thursday night football so rather than preview it's a bit of a recap Thursday Night Football won by the Seattle Seahawks on the road against the 49ers. A comprehensive victory in the end for the the Seahawks, really from start to finish, kind of dominated the game. But it wasn't that much of a dominating performance, but really they'd done what they had to do early on, just seen it out after that. They gave Marshawn Lynch a lot of carries in this. He had over 20 carries, over 100 yards. He scored an early touchdown in this one. He looked back to what we expect from him, a few strong runs carrying defenders with him. Uh, He was the most impressive player, I'd say. The other person I suppose to pick out for the Seahawks, Tyler Lockett, getting his first NFL touchdown, looked impressive on that grab, uh, nice throw by Russell Wilson play action pass to Marshawn Lynch after he had racked up a number of yards on the ground, play action gets time, 7-8 step drop uh, throws a deep ball, lovely throw by Russell Wilson and well, uh, good concentration by Tyler Lockett, takes the ball in and he looks like he's going to be a real, real fine for the Seattle Seahawks uh, offense you know, you always talk about, you know, they have Curse, they have Baldwin, now they have Jimmy Graham but you know, the, the threats on the outside, they don't get used as much as normal, but I think Lockett's somebody who they're going to try and get into the game plan and uh, looking very good. So far, punting returns, he's had a few touchdowns, but this was his first receiving touchdown in the league, so a uh, bright moment for him as he starts his time in the league. Uh, the Seahawks really needed this one. They were 2-4, and four, they're now 3-4. and four. One more game for them before they go into the bye week, so they'll be hoping to be at 500 going into the bye week and starting to look forward to trying to mount that there. You know, successive wins, pile them up on top of each other and get in 
to the playoffs. So it's uh, a big, big win. They simply had to win uh, on the other side for the 49ers. Nothing going offensively for them, whether you put that down to you know the Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, if you want to put it to that side, or if you want to put it to just poor offensive play by the uh, 49ers. Uh, offensively, they didn't look good. Carlos Hyde couldn't really get anything going offensive line, very poor. Uh, at one stage, I think they had six uh, forced downs at one stage, and um, t- they had two interceptions, which helped keep, keep the game relatively close, but I think the Seahawks just had them well and truly at arm's length uh, the whole way through it. I tweeted out, I think, uh, maybe in the second quarter, maybe just after that lock of touchdown that the game was already over. And for me, I had uh, put on a bet for the Seahawks to win, minus the six and a half points, and you know, got a bit greedy, parlayed it up with uh, trying to get over the 43 points, and it never came close to that, the game finishing 20-3, to 3, so 20 points off for me on that one. But uh, a good one for the Seahawks, they move forward, and uh, the 49ers, very, very disappointing for them in this one. Of course, we have the NFL in London this weekend, heading to Wembley against the Jacksonville Jaguars, against the Buffalo Bills. This is a home game for the Jaguars, and just before we get into talking about that game, the NFL announced that it has extended its regular season schedule that has been going on in Wembley over the last couple of years, another five years, so it'll be true 2020 now. There'll be at least two games a season played at Wembley. They also have that deal uh, with Tottenham Hotspur for their new stadium that I think it's two to three games can be played there each and every year up until 2019 I think it is as well so for the foreseeable future we're going to have four to five games at Wembley each and every year at a minimum or rather not at Wembley but in London sorry so uh, positive news there for fans in the UK wanting to get more football there's also been talk you know if they expand the international series maybe taking games to Mexico there's been talk even of taking it all the way to Australia I think that's because I'm in Australia missing out in the London game so they're going to take a game down here for me to watch but all joking aside uh, lots of talk about expanding the game and a lot of tweets coming in obviously people talking about London franchises you know at the minute maybe we'll see the Jacksonville Jaguars as partly London franchise they're giving up a home game uh, over the last couple of years and for those years going forward to 2020 so you know for Jacksonville fans they're losing out in a home game but I just don't think it'll work I tweeted it out there was a lot of people on Twitter you know tweeting us and you know but they didn't think it would work and really at the end of the day it just comes down to the money it comes down to the advertising it comes down to getting more fans the NFL wants to expand as any business does trying to grow their business and uh, that there's what it's all going to come down to you know the game this week has been played in that early time slot it's going to be uh, played in the United States early in the morning so they get more coverage of the Wembley games it'll be in Australia it's going to be around 11 o'clock at night here 11 p.m. so I'll be able to watch it prior to going to bed the other games are going to be on then you know four o'clock in the morning seven o'clock in the morning so gives a uh, you know people here in Australia maybe not watching the game as much people in places like China Russia all over different time zones will get a chance to watch it in more of a you know, a prime time slot for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes and they try and expand it further. The game's also going to be streamed live on Yahoo for free, so anyone worldwide trying to watch the game, I'll be watching it via Game Pass, but anyone that doesn't have Game Pass gives them a stepping stone into the product. They're not worried about people like me who are going to watch anyway. They're worried about trying to get people maybe, say, 100 people watch, 10 people tune in, 10 people like it, they follow it on, watch it on. That's more for 20 years or so, people be watching the NFL grow in the business for the NFL in general. So I think that's what it all comes down to. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because we had got a lot of people tweeting in about the thoughts about you know expanding it into a franchise in London and so on but you know at the end of the day it all comes down to the bottom line for the NFL and usually that comes down to the dollars and the cents so we'll see how it goes going forward now on to the game after talking about potential franchises and so on the game obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars losing a home game in this one they're playing as the home team in Wembley it hasn't been too uh, hasn't been too good to them as a home venue so far for them, but they're playing the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills losing last week at home to the Cincinnati Bengals, and now they're playing on the road. But 
This week they're going to be listening out in Tyrod Taylor again. Carlos Williams is out again, and also Sammy Watkins. Back last week, got the touchdown, injured himself in the touchdown. He's out this week. So it's not going to help uh, at all for them offensively. Defensively, they haven't been as strong as they had been in the first couple of weeks. But, you know, a lot of people picking Buffalo in this one, and, you know, the Jags are a bit more familiar with the surroundings in Wembley. They're going to get used a bit. They, you know, they have their base each and every time they go over. So it's going to be an interesting one to, uh, to watch and see how it goes. But, I'm going to go here, uh, the Jaguars, they haven't been having much success recently winning games, but they have been putting up points, they have been putting up yards, Blake Bartles getting, uh, you know, he had three turnovers last week, he did throw for three touchdowns, I think he had over 300 yards last week, and uh, TJ Eldon, the two wide receivers, the two Allens, Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, now they've Julius Thomas back, I'm just going to give the, uh, the edge here to the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, I've picked them a few weeks this season, it hasn't done me too much justice, last week I went for a lot of underdogs throughout games, and uh, it served me well. I'm going to go here for an underdog, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they get the win here, get over the edge, and it's about time they get a win in London. So uh, I'm sure the ones that the, the UK Jaguars fan group will be happy to hear uh, that I'm picking the Jaguars, and hopefully they'll get a win this week. We'll see how things go in that first game. Last week, the Washington Redskins kind of got a bit of a blowout against the New York Jets in New York, and uh, a lot of people thought that they would keep that game a lot closer. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, had a bye week, and that there's after they had a victory the week prior against the Jacksonville Jaguars so you know they're coming off the bye week they'll probably have some stuff ironed out defensively offensively Doug Martin looked very good in the last out and will he be as good this week it's going to be interesting and uh, you know last week Chris Ivory really did gash this Redskins uh, run defense which had looked very good to start the season it was one of their strong points a lot of people were talking it up then Chris Ivory went to work on them last week so we'll see how they respond this week you know they might really try and clamp down on that and that's obviously going to uh, be the focus on trying to stop Doug Martin we'll see how that goes but you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the other hand have not had healthy wide receivers this season Vincent Jackson a bit struggling with injury and then we all know that Mike Evans has had a hamstring issue since the start of the season but we're going to look here and we're going to see I think uh, more effort to, to get the ball to Mike Evans and obviously open up things for Vincent Jackson too so it all depends on that run game if they can get the game going early on with Doug Martin I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will get a win here Kurt Cousins He's kind of quarterback. I know I've been harsh on him over the last few weeks, but when he's going good, he's going very good. But you're always just waiting for that big, big mistake to come. And you know the two quarterbacks in this game, Kurt Cousin he has a 74.2 passer rating this season. And then you know I've been very critical of him. Well, if you look at Jameis Winston, 57.1 is his quarterback rating in the season. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they do going forward. I'm going to go here and uh, give Jameis Winston having the week off to prepare having time to look at the uh, Redskins' defence and so on and so forth. I'm going to give them the advantage here. But the Redskins last week uh, had a lot, a lot of injuries. And you know, Deshaun Jackson's been out for them. And last week, I think it was half of the offensive line missing as well. So they've been really banged up over the last couple of weeks. So that's been tough on them as well. But, you know, another underdog, two games in, two underdogs are going to be picked here. And I'm going for a win here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's see how this game goes. I'm sure outside of the Buccaneers and Redskins fans, there won't be too many really uh, ready to tune into this one. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> this coming Sunday Atlanta take to the road again for a second week in concession they played last week against uh, the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football really really poor display from them overall Matt Ryan didn't have a good game Julio Jones looked a little bit shaky looked a little bit banged up I think and uh, you know, having that Thursday night game kind of the one and a half weeks to recover we'll see how they go getting in maybe they get a bit healthier moving into this one they just did not look good on all facets of the game last week against the Saints and maybe they just got a little bit too ahead of themselves maybe they were bigging themselves up a bit with the undefeated start of the season and last week they were brought back down to earth but still very very positive for them on the season we're going to see how they go this week against the titans obviously the big talking point going into this one is going to be the, the status of 
the quarterback Marcus Mariota for the Tennessee Titans day to day with that injury missed practice yesterday so we're going to see if he suits up on Sunday if he doesn't suit up it looks like it'll be Zach Mettenberger to step in um, you know Zach Mettenberger a bit like Kurt Cousins from play to play sometimes looks very good and then other plays you're going to say um, why is this guy playing in the NFL but we'll see how it goes uh, obviously Titans fans hoping the Mariota can line up in this one from my perspective, I don't think it's going to matter all that much who lines up at quarterback. I think the Falcons will get the job done here. I think the extra time to repair, I think just, you know, sometimes when a team's going so well and they get knocked back down to earth with a loss like that, gets the team refocused again, re-energized. And I think with the extra time to repair, like I mentioned, it's going to help the Falcons in this one. Uh, will Devontae Freeman go haywire again for fantasy fans out there? I played him in two leagues last week and absolutely destroyed me in those two leagues. Uh, went on to lose both those games quite convincingly in the end. But that Thursday night football game, although the Falcons lost, Devontae Freeman having a monster game in that. We'll see how it goes. Julio Jones obviously started the season on fire. He's been double covered, triple covered at times this last couple of weeks and hasn't really been putting up the points for people who would be expecting him to do so like he started the season, but still has had a phenomenal year when you look at the overall total points. So we'll see how he goes against this Titans secondary. And then, of course, Matt Ryan, I traded for him in a few leagues and thought he was going to be doing all, linking up very nicely with uh, Julio Jones. And so far, just with Julio getting uh, all that coverage and obviously looks a little bit banged up. We'll uh, see how it goes going forward. But I think uh, overall you're going to be looking here to Titans win. I think just overall better players, better receivers, better running backs, a better offensive line. And I think it's all going to come down to that. We'll see defensively how both teams shape up. I think probably pretty even there. But Dan Quinn has got this team very much improved from what we've seen from them last year. And I'm going for a Falcons win after their loss last week. So how has everyone enjoyed listening to all the talk about the Colts' attempt at punt play last week against the Patriots? Or not last week, on Monday Night Football, rather. How have you enjoyed that this week? Well, uh, I'm well and truly tired of it, so let's skip over it. But this week, they're at home. This week, still the same week as they played the New England Patriots, of course. Getting a little bit jumbled up here, but they're playing at home now. They're playing the New Orleans Saints. The Saints with that extra buy or recovery time after Thursday night football last week. So does that help them? In this case, I don't think it does. I think the Colts are going to be you know, pretty tired of hearing the media ask them all week about that play. Obviously, they lost to the Patriots in that game. And uh, I think luck will be a little bit more healthier. I think the team will be a little bit more ready to go. And I think they get the win here against the the Saints. The Saints incredibly fired up last week with all that went on before the game with uh, Gleason. You know, they presented him with an award, him having the block punt that eventually led to the Super Bowl run. And then last week they had a block punt in that game too for a touchdown. So, so much went on. The crowd were up for it. The team were up for it. Everything was ready to go. They were at home. Uh, now they're on the road and I think you know their record over the last few years on the road has not been good compared to at home although their home record in the last six to eight games at home hasn't been good either so maybe that just shows that the organisation isn't going too well but I'm going to go for a win here for the Colts they've started maybe they take that step forward and start improving again on offence because it hasn't been good so far this season although they are uh, top of that division <laughs> amazing that they're still top of the division after how things have gone to start the season but I think uh, they get the win here I think they probably won't be a touchdown to 10 points we'll see how it goes but uh, I'll be back in the Indianapolis Colts to win this one this weekend next game up the Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings this game in Detroit and uh, it's going to be very very uh, exciting I'm sure obviously the Detroit Lions 1-5 in the season are they going to 2-5? and five? 
in this one. I really do not think so. Matthew Stafford uh, had a good game last week, put up lots of yards. Then they got to overtime, and neither of them and the Chicago Bears seemed to want to win in overtime. In steps Calvin Johnson. Let's just throw it deep down the field to Calvin Johnson, and they get the win with the overtime field goal. I think their way to success in this is going to be to try and target Calvin Johnson, but I think the Minnesota Vikings defense is much, much better than what the Chicago Bears have on offer at this present moment in time. So I think you're going to see... uh, you know, they'll still put up some points, but I think you're going to see a couple of turnovers here from Stafford. And I think with Adrian Peterson, I think they're going to try and go back to him. They kind of didn't, he didn't have a great game last week. I think they're going to focus more on the run game this week. They haven't been passing the ball all that much uh, at the moment with the Minnesota Vikings. Stefan Diggs having a couple of games the last two weeks that impressed. Well, one of the weeks was a bye week, so over the last three weeks, he's had a couple of good games. We'll see if they use him a bit more this week. Teddy Bridgewater has been sufficient, has been just going at a steady level, doing his job, but you know, maybe at some point this season they're going to open it up for him to let him make a few more plays. And Against the secondary of the Detroit Lions, the Detroit defense is not what it was last season. Uh, I think he has some, they'll have some chance to have some uh, deep play-action passes if they can get Peterson going, so it's all going to come down again to uh, can they get the run game going, and I think against uh, Detroit they have the opportunity to do that on the road, and I think they go into Detroit and get the win. I think the Detroit Lions go to 1-6 it's been tough watching the Lions this season. I'm sure for Detroit Lions fans out there, it's not been very, very enjoyable for them. Um, Zach Center going on into reserve for them last year, last week. There has been some hope that he would progress this season. He'd look pretty good, but now it looks like it's going to be theoretically getting a lot of touches in this. Obviously, Jake Bell has been banged up pretty much from the start of the season the whole way throughout, and then when you look as well at Abdullah, has had a couple of issues turning all over the ball. So we might see a lot of theoretic this week. More so in the you know the passing game, short passes and so on. But I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater starts to starts to move and starts to progress forward again in his second year in the league. And I think they get the win here in Week Seven and uh, move onwards and upwards for the Minnesota Vikings. Next game up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are on the road this week, heading to Kansas City. The Chiefs lost last week in a very, very dull game against the uh, Vikings, who we just talked about. But I think in this one, you know, they're at home. Maybe the Craig is behind them. There is still a chance at the time I'm recording this that Ben Roethlisberger could suit up for the Steelers. But I think getting that win last week, I think, you know, they're 4-2 now. It just gives that little bit of leeway. Just wait till he is 100% healthy. Let it go. I think Landry Jones is going to start. But people are expecting Landry Jones to come out here and light up the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, let's just put a dampener on that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be all down to can they get Le'Veon Bell going. It's been a tough few weeks uh, going for Antonio Brown, but last week uh, with the return of Martavis Bryant, he had a few nice passes. So there is the possibility there are some short passes and taking them, uh, you know, taking the distance uh, yards after the catch. But I can't uh, see Landry Jones doing what he done last week. He came in, you know, I really thought, I had back to Cardinals last week, and when he came in, I thought, yeah, this is it. I'm going to get a win here on my bet. But, you know, things turned around very quickly. He threw two touchdowns and that ended that. But I think uh, just save Ben Roethlisberger this week and move forward and make sure he's 100% healthy and take him back into the team then. The Kansas City Chiefs have had a really tough couple of weeks losing Jamal Charles. They couldn't really get a run game going at all last week. Jeremy Macklin's going to be missing this one too, so it kind of evens the playing field, and I'm finding it very difficult to pick a team in this. But, you know, I've picked a lot of underdogs so far. I think maybe I'll just look back through it, but I think I might have picked underdogs in every game so far. But uh, in this one again, I'm going to go with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're just slight underdogs in this game at home, two-and-a-half-point underdogs at the time of recording. So, oh, it's a hard one to talk. It's a hard one to pick about. It's a hard one to talk about. I think I'm just going to give the KC Chiefs the edge in this one, but yeah, it's not one that I'm I'm confident confident about at all from really any perspective. Just the home field advantage is the only reason that I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. So um, don't be surprised if I'm wrong on that one. Cleveland Browns had a really, you know, you know, a deflating loss last week against the Broncos. Going into that game, 
you you know, I thought they had a chance to get a result, but I didn't really know if they had a chance to win the game. But they had a chance then, uh, you know, with the turnovers, with the pick sixes, got themselves to overtime with the, the Broncos. Looked like they were going to have a chance to win the game. And just unfortunately for them, it didn't work out that way. And this week they're on the road. They're traveling to play the St. Louis Rams. The Rams, uh, you know, looking decent at times. They're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. It's hard to know what you're going to get. They've beaten the Seahawks this season. They've also gone to Arizona and beaten the Cardinals, who are high-flying at the moment, outside of their loss last week, and uh, they're, they're going pretty well, the Cardinals, so the, Lu- the St. Louis Rams are just up one week down the other, and it's going to be interesting to see this week what they do. I think defensively they're going to put a lot of pressure on Josh McCown. I think uh, they'll get a couple of sacks there, maybe a few turnovers, and just the Cleveland Browns, you know, Gary Barnage, I picked him up in a couple of leagues, and he's, he's done me great things over the last couple of weeks, and I've been wondering, I said it on the show a couple of times, does uh, does he fall off and does it stop? You know, it's not like he's this rookie uh, tight end or, you know, a second, third-year player and just busting onto the scene, and he's going to be a dynamic playmaker for the next three or four years. Probably this is the year for Gary Barnage. Maybe this was the last couple of weeks to see what he does. But, you know, uh, going forward, it's hard to know what's going to happen. The St. Louis Rams incredibly tough against tight ends. We've seen that this year uh, with the coverage uh, and games against uh, the likes of the Seahawks. Give Jimmy Graham basically very, very little in that. And uh, and, and every game, you know, fantasy-wise, you don't really want to be starting tight ends against the, the St. Louis Rams for that purpose. But in this one, I think the St. Louis Rams will log it on to Todd Gurley, give him a huge workload and the Browns' run defense is allowing the worst uh, per game in the league, 149.8 rushing yards per game. So if you have Todd Gurley in any leagues, I'm sure you were starting him already if you're playing daily fantasy football. Todd Gurley might be your guy. If you're playing OTI Fantasy Fives, maybe just stick Todd Gurley in your lineup. I think I'll be doing it this week because I think he's going to have a pretty big day this week against the uh, Cleveland Browns. And I think at home, I think they get the win here. And I think probably by you know 10 points or so I think they're going to win it probably quite comfortably I think they'll give the ball then to him to milk the clock at the end I think Todd Gurley has a big day and let's go for a bold prediction two TDs on the day for Mr. Todd Gurley last week I was pretty bullish on the chances you know coming off the bye week for the Miami Dolphins they play this week against the Houston Texans this week they're at home we'll see uh, if they can keep the motivation going with the interim coach how things go I thought that was going to be a big boost to them last week I thought coming off the bye they would have time to refocus re uh, you know, assess things and get themselves going. You know, what they hadn't been doing before the bye was running the ball with Lamar Miller, and I talked about it in last week's show. I said I thought that he was going to have a big year this year. They hadn't been running the ball, and last week he basically had more touches running the ball than he did all season. So a big game from him last week. I think they'll keep that formula going, go to him again. Jordan Cameron uh, had a couple of catches last week, had a touchdown in the you know, start to open things up, give those guys uh, a lot more of the ball, and then that'll help open things up as well for Ryan Tannehill to find other guys like Jarvis Landry, who's a very, very talented wide receiver. You know, he can actually get the ball in the backfield to rush the ball. So uh, I think a lot of things were positive. The, the defense stepped up last week as well, and Dominic and Sue playing much, much better. And rather than just playing much better, I think it was the scheme helped everything gel together a lot better, and I think we're going to see that again this week. The big issue for them will be stopping DeAndre Hopkins and obviously Aaron Foster coming out of the backfield, but at this stage... DeAndre Hopkins has overtaken Foster as the most dangerous weapon in this team offensively and you know really at the moment it is almost impossible to stop made a great catch last week I mentioned it on the recap show caught it against his helmet and uh, caught it going out of bounds a fantastic deep deep catch from him sensational hand he's up there with Odell Beckham at the moment in my opinion Beckham obviously carrying a few injuries uh, but hands wise definitely in the top five hands in the NFL at a wide receiver position I think so stopping him is going to be the key issue and then obviously if you can stop him and stop Arian Foster you're going to have a significant chance of winning this game but I think this game could be a blowout potentially I think uh, the win last week is going to keep the confidence uh, start building the confidence rather of the Miami Dolphins 
I like some of the pieces here in the, the Texans, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the quarterback position again. And I really don't care who's playing quarterback. And when you're on the field as much as the defense of uh, the Texans are with J.J. Watts and Davian Clowney, they're not getting much time to rest. They're coming onto the field. They're pretty uh, blown out. They're tired, and you know it's just not working for them defensively. You need to have something going on offense. And I'm going here for a win on uh, at home for the Miami Dolphins. So two and zero after the bye week for the Dolphins. Things starting to look good, but probably too late in the season, but a Miami Dolphins win here in Week 7. Two of their divisional rivals, obviously the New York Jets and the New England Patriots, this game taking place in Foxborough, and ODJ will be hoping the Patriots blow out the Jets, but I don't think that's going to happen in this one. The, Jets, the Patriots big favourites with the, the bookmakers and around that you know, 9-10 point range, and you know, I'll be taking the Jets this week, I just think given that amount of points is too much, and you look at the, the defences uh, in this game, yeah, both are playing pretty well, but I think the Jets are playing very, very well. They're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback would be my only concern from them, but in other areas, they are playing well. They're forcing turnovers as well. So I think uh, the Jets will hang with the Patriots in this one. They'll probably you know, try and get the ball a little bit more again, feeding it to Chris Ivory, who at the moment is playing like one of the, the top end backs in the NFL. So we'll see how things go there. Brandon Marshall's playing very well. I mentioned he's at four back-to-back back, uh, 100-yard games for the Jets, and then Eric Decker as well. So... If the uh, Jets can limit the turnovers in this one, I think they'll keep it close. I think the Patriots win it, but I think uh, they'll win it by less than the 10 points that's on offer uh, against the spread. So overall, I think this is going to be one of the the more interesting games to watch this week. I'm actually looking forward to seeing this one. Uh, But I think the New England Patriots get the win, stay unbeaten, and march forward. Oakland Raiders coming off the bye week. Uh, They're playing against the... Philip Rivers Chargers this week. Obviously, Philip Rivers having to do everything for this team at the moment. Uh, at some points, you think is would he be better off having no offensive line in front of him and just giving himself clear passing lanes as uh, they move forward. Uh, offensive line almost non-existent for him so far this season. We'll see how it goes in Week Seven if they can improve. There's a lot of shuffling in and out of players, seeing how things are going to go. But uh, I just think they're they're so beat up on the offensive line. It's really really tough. But he threw for 500 yards last week against the Green Bay Packers with Sergio and doing so. Keenan Allen had a nice game as well. Allen obviously missed parts of that Packers game with an injury, so we'll see how he looks this week. Uh, he's expected to suit up, but see how effective he is. Then you have Danny Woodhead, uh, probably going to be on the field more this week than Melvin Garden because he turned the ball over a couple of times last week with fumbles. Uh, you know, I think talent-wise, Melvin Garden's a much better running back than Danny Woodhead, but I think at this point of the season, you need somebody reliable. You can't be affording to turn the ball over again. I have mentioned a couple of times in this show that coaching changes could happen in this one for Mike McCoy if the team continues to lose. So this is one that they really need to win. They are at home. They're uh, playing this one in San Diego. And I think, just as a whole, I think Philip Rivers will probably take this defense apart. Charles Woodson will be sneaking around for another interception or two in this one. But I think uh, he won't He won't be able to stop Philip Rivers in this one. I think the team uh, gets the win in this. And uh, it's going to be the San Diego Chargers. And going to be interesting to see what uh, stance Oakland takes in this. They've been throwing the ball a lot this season. Uh, Latavius Murray's had a couple of handling issues and you know they've been footering around with running back there they've had Roy Hallou playing in there a bit so we'll see how the, the Raiders go running the ball but you know last week uh, James Starks there was a lot of talk about Eddie Lacy not getting many carries last week for the Packers but James Starks went to ground really uh, <laughs> went to town on the ground really against the San Diego Chargers last week and um, he had a major major game two touchdowns for him and uh, I think they'll try and run the ball a bit this week but Get the ball going. I've mentioned this in a couple of games. Get the ball going, running the ball, open up holes with the offensive line. That gives time to the quarterback, gives him time to pick his passes, so on and so forth. We all know the story by now, but if you can get the running back going, trying to get him some yards and then open up for Amari Cooper, who I've really, really enjoyed watching in his rookie season, really 
up there with the, the him and Todd Gurley. I know Todd Gurley's played a lot less games so far, but the two of them have been really fun to watch and uh, really looking forward to seeing them this week again. And uh, Michael Crabtree has been doing quite well as well over the last couple of weeks, so we'll see how Derek Carr plays. But I, I just think still it's going to be a win for the Chargers. Could be closer than some people might be thinking. I think the Chargers win by in around uh, six or seven points. One of the marquee matches in the NFL over the last you know, 40, 50 years has been the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. That is going to take place this week in New York. If the Cowboys had their uh, full roster, Des Bryant, uh, Tony Romo, so on and so forth, I think we'd be looking at this game being a little bit closer. There is a potential return for Des Bryant, but you know, if this game wasn't against the New York Giants and the divisional rival, I think they'd be holding Des Bryant out for another week. But as things are in that division, they might rush him back. I think, you know, uh, from, from a logical point of view, I think set him again, make sure he's 100% healthy because what you don't want is him come in here against the Giants and uh, hurt that foot again and then miss you know, the rest of the season. But we'll see what the, what the Cowboys decide. I'm sure they'll go with the, the best medical advice uh, in this one. Uh, Matt Castle's going to start at quarterback in this one and um, with that you see uh, Branton Whedon with his spot back on the pine but uh, you know they were waxing lyrical about uh, Branton Whedon last week, Jerry Jones, you know, talking up how beautiful of a pass he threw and now he's back on the bench. So We'll see uh, how Castle does in this one. Obviously, they traded for him from the Buffalo Bills. Mm, uh, I'm not going to go with him to win this game. Even if Des Bryant comes back, which I don't expect it to happen, I don't think the Cowboys win this game. I think they lose. I think the Giants really, really played bad last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're going home, and I think they get things back. Uh, Odell Beckham still missed a couple of training sessions this week, did not practice on Thursday with that uh, hamstring issue. They're pretty banged up at the wide receiver position now, the New York Giants, so we'll see how they do. Uh, can they get those guys healthy for Sunday? But, uh, you know, I was kept tweeting it out during the game against the Eagles. They need to try and, if they can't get the ball, running the ball, which they were doing particularly well at points in the first half with Jennings. I think they need to start to try and get Shane Vereen, and they've paid a lot of money in free agency to him. You know, with that McAdoo offense, you know, he's come over from Green Bay. I think they're going to they should be trying to get some of those short dump-off passes, try and open up the game that way as well. So I think they should uh, add a little bit more, sprinkle in a little more, bit more of Shane Vereen as well. But maybe they just don't like his fit in the system, but uh, that would surprise me if that was the case internally. But we'll see how this game goes. I think uh, the Giants win this game by more than a touchdown. I think it'll be a pretty easy win for them. I think they'll be, you know, sometimes, as I mentioned earlier in the show with the Falcons, the loss, you know, losing last week in the division, they're playing again in the division this week. Losing a big game like that on prime time really focuses you in. You know, they won the week before in prime time against the 49ers. Sometimes, you know, getting the win, you get a bit too uh, ahead of yourself thinking you're great. And then when you lose, sometimes you start to focus very, very hard on what you should do. I know they should be focusing each and every week on every opponent, but just, you know, they're human beings at the end of the day. And sometimes that just doesn't happen and things don't click on the field. So I think the Giants get the win here. I think they win quite easily. And, uh, I think the Cowboys, you know, in the next couple of weeks will be looking to get Dez and Tony back, but I, I just don't think Dez is going to shoot up this week, and I think that there leads a big advantage to the New York Giants. Strange slate of games this week with the way it's lined up with the uh, early game happening in Wembley. It allows then there's uh, quite a few games happening in the normal early time slot. There's two, four, six, eight games in that early time slot, and that leaves then only two games in the second slate. So the only two games to can place then, you know, in the UK it'll be that nine o'clock slot here in uh, Australia it's going to be the 7 a.m. slot but funny and uh, the time difference and then in the, in the states obviously the later games but th- that there leaves two games in that slot and then Sunday night football after that so the early slot is going to be really really busy with lots of action going on and then after that just with the way the schedule has gone this week there's only going to be three games all evening two of them happening in the second slot and one after that so we'll see the, it wind down very very sharply and it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see uh, uh, why, why that happened in the scheduling but um 
Just uh, when you're looking at the next game, that is Sunday Night Football, is the Philadelphia Eagles travelling to Carolina. I mentioned uh, the um, New York Giants. That game was disgusting. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, being pretty blunt about it, that game was really tough to watch last week against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. But the two teams played Monday Night Football. We're going to see how Philadelphia does going into this one. I think Carolina winning in Seattle last week. They're on an unbeaten run. They're going fantastic this season. They've looked impressive. Cam Newton's playing well. They're running the ball well. The offensive line's playing well. Defensively very strong at the moment. I have to say, you know, they're really well-rounded at the minute, and I've really, really been liking what I've uh, seen from them. And we're going to see what they do this week, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to pretty much shut down the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. Although... You know, the Eagles have been pretty much shutting themselves down in recent weeks. We're going to see how it goes, but uh, I'm going for a Carolina Panthers win. I think they continue to go unbeaten. This team uh, is looking very, very good, and uh, they're pretty healthy at the moment. I think they get the win against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I have been wrong before, and I could be wrong again, but a win here for the Carolina Panthers. That leaves us with Monday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens, whose season pretty much is uh, in the dumpster at the moment, and they're playing the Arizona Cardinals, who are, you know, they'll be looking to bounce back after that loss in the road last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think uh, they do bounce back. I think they bounce back very, very convincingly, and I think they win this game very, very easily. I think this is going to be another bold prediction. I'm going to go for at least a two-touchdown win, more than 14-point win here for the Arizona Cardinals. I think they really do go and uh, go to town on the Baltimore Ravens, who just haven't been impressive. We've seen Colin Kaepernick kind of light them up last week in that game, and I think when you're looking at the defense of Arizona, when you're looking as well at the offensive weapons they have, John Brown, Michael Floyd's there, they have uh, Larry Fitzgerald, of course. Chris Johnson, I didn't think we'd be saying this at this time of the season, but it's looking like a very, very good running back at the moment. And then, of course, Andre Ellington coming back into the scene. They have the rookie Johnson there as well. So we'll see how they go this week. Uh, I think they're going to really, really light up this Baltimore Ravens team, and I think they get the win in this one. And uh, that's all the games of this week run through. And it's been uh, it's been fun going through them. We're going to have a recap show, obviously coming up next. Uh, we'll be recording it probably Monday evening, coming out maybe late Monday evening, uh, early Tuesday. We'll see how the schedule goes for both me and the guest. Hopefully, we'll get it lined up this week and get one on. Sometimes, obviously, when you link up with people to get them on the show, things just uh, scheduling wise sometimes don't work out, particularly when the time zone time zone differences are as such as they are at the moment. But I'm looking forward uh, to the next show recapping this week because there's a lot of games this week that are going to be interesting. There's some of them I am not all that pushed about watching, and there's a couple of them that I'm really, really looking forward to. So it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, I've had a few good weeks uh, betting on the NFL outside of getting too greedy on that Seattle Seahawks game, I must admit. But uh, hopefully this week a few more successful stories uh, coming up with wins in the betting perspective. And hopefully your team has a good week. Hopefully if you're putting on some bets, good luck with them. Hopefully they'll get a few points for you. And of course, don't forget OTI Fantasy 5's £3 to enter. You can also play for free, but then you can't win the cash. But £3 to enter, get involved at OTI.com, rather, not OTI.com, in case that brings you to some weird site. I don't know if it will or not, but OvertimeIreland.com. Uh, and then go to the Overtime Ireland or the OTI Fantasy 5 page. Butchering that pretty much at the moment, but get involved. I'll be playing. I'll be tweeting out my lineup previous to it and uh, look forward to competing against each and every one of you. So give us a tweet at Overtime Ireland if you get involved. Tweet us your team lineup and see how things go on Sunday. So looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to a lot of stuff. I'm going to have a nice chilled evening now. It's quite warm here today in Melbourne, so I'm looking forward to getting out of the uh, apartment for a while. 
And without me saying looking forward any more times in the show, I'll leave you with that, of course. Give us a comment written on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever you listen to the show on. Keep spreading the word on social media, off the podcast. And of course, until I'm back later in the week with that recap, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.